it's finally here. The qualifying rounds is this Saturday. The Rangers and the Hurricanes will kick it off on Saturday at 12 Eastern time. This is the Odd Man Rush podcast, episode 11. This is the episode we've been waiting for. We're going to unveil our qualifying round brackets. Yes. So this, I'm Jared McCabe. On the other end is Caden. He's back today for uh, today's episode. Before I give it over to Caden for a little while, just want to say a couple of things before we start. <laughs> episode 10, it was a one-man show. I just did the show, uh, basically doing an in-depth uh, breakdown of every single matchup in the qualifying round. And I got to say, I got a lot of good reviews for the one-man show. So now, before we even started recording, I was thinking, do I even have Caden on now? Because everyone loved the show without him. Like, everyone was like, I think you should get rid of him. I think you should get rid of him. He's good, but you're a better one-man show. So just want to say thank you for everyone that listened, but I'm happy to have Caden back. But um, but yes, I got a lot of rave reviews, Caden. So your job was <laughs> kind of in jeopardy. Job was on the line. Man, it feels good to be back. It, feel, it feels... I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to talk to all of you. Uh, I know a lot of you missed me last week. Let's I don't be, know. I heard some people be, that said the show be was better without you. <laughs> let's be real here. Come on. The real one-man show. Oh, it is you. Come on. I have I have my draft analyst. I'm your draft analyst. That's really it is. Yeah, but you didn't know that shit. Drops the spare went to Eugene. So I, okay, I that was a whole thing. That was a whole different thing. This is a this is a different show. We're not talking about Shane Goss's bear because he's already in the playoffs with the Flyers. This is talking about the qualifying rounds. All right, so yeah, I didn't know, but you didn't know Keith Kincaid went to Union either, so I don't want to hear. Yeah, it. but when you think of Shane Gossesbear, he won a title at Union. He won a championship. Keith Kincaid, yeah, whatever. He plays in Columbus. Oh well. Does no, he, he play Columbus? Montreal. Montreal. He plays in Montreal. <laughs> no, what? You know, whatever. It's anyway, late. It's late. It's okay. It, it it's is. Late. Yeah, yeah. Normally we do this on Saturday mornings, but we'll just kind of unveil a curtain for you guys. Um. Normally we do this on Saturday, but we wanted to drop the episode a couple days early because we didn't just want the episode just to drop on game day on Saturday. We knew that we'd want to get this out before the start of the playoffs, so and just makes our picks even more that better as well. So before we even start, Caden, I know we started that way, but how you doing, man? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's good to be back. I'm happy. I'm happy that I am back. I missed all you uh, listeners uh, for the week I was gone. But I'm happy. It's time. It's time to unveil him. Are you ready to unveil? Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> and you told me the same. Th- you told me the same thing. It was a lot of back and forth. A lot of research. Had to think. Yeah. Had to think a lot. Had to do a lot of thinking. So before we unveil, we will quickly. I know. Here's the breakdown of the show. We will start quickly. We'll quickly give our round robin reseeds again, just to refresh you guys. Obviously, I read what Caden sent me of his receipt, so he can quickly just kind of give you a breakdown of what, why teams he did what. I'll just quickly say mine, not a big deal. And then we're going to start in the East for the qualifying round. We'll go from 5 to 12 or do the seeding. So exactly the seeding-wise. So Pittsburgh and Canadians will be first and same with the West. So you guys get all that. So that's how the breakdown of the show is going to be. So we'll start with our around the league. We'll do it with the round robin. So Caden, the round robin as stands right now is Boston, Tampa, Washington, Philly. 
So obviously how it works is all these teams are going to play each other and then whoever has the best record at the end or best winning percentage, best save percentage, all that all into one will have will reseed the seeding. So Caden, without further ado, who are your round robins again? Reseeded. So I know that many of you listeners know from what Jared said, uh, my picks were uh, staying in first place, the Boston Bruins. I don't really see them dropping. Uh, I know currently, as we are speaking, they are playing the Columbus Blue Jackets and they are losing. Uh, but I still see them as number one. I think they're arguably the best team in this whole this whole thing, out of in the East at least. Uh, second place, I have a team who I really had, uh, who I have uh, as a deep run. I'll say that much. I'm not going to really spoil them much. I haven't been basically spoiled I, it the last episode. Yeah, I spoiled it. I spoiled oh, it a bunch of episodes ago. I have the Flyers at second. Uh, I watched their game. I watched their game chart yesterday, two days ago against the Penguins, and they just looked great. Uh, but also, first game. They were the first game, first game since hockey was gone for seven thousand million years. <laughs> so he uh, Philly was from four jumping up to two. So who's your number three? Uh, I have Tampa just dropping down one spot. I have Tampa uh, at three. I think that they started off weak. They ended strong, but I think the Flyers are just they, – they Flyers ended on a good note, and the Flyers ended too good to just, you know, not fall. And weirdly enough, I know you disagree with me on this one, the Caps I have dropping to four, obviously. Mm-hmm. So um, that is – so that's Caden's reseed. Because um, we're not going to just – well, I was going to say the Caps just ended week. Yeah. We're not – because I just – we don't need to go too far in depth with this because obviously this shows about the qualifying round for our bracket. So I'll quickly go over mine again. Boston, most consistent team. They're staying at one. Two, Washington. I have them jumping up from three to two just because this rest is going to really help this team. Out of all the teams, Washington definitely benefited the most. Going to uh, refresh Alexander Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson – even Holpe now can maybe get his mind right going into the playoffs. So they're at two, three. I have Tampa at three falling down just one because John Cooper basically said not everyone's going to get reps in the round robins. They just want to be prepared for game one of the actual playoffs. So I think they're not really going to take the round robins as seriously as most of the other teams will. So I'll ha- I have them drop down to three and Philly stays at four for me. So that's the East. Now let's go to the West. Caden, uh, obviously it's St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, Dallas as a stance. Who do you have in your receipt? I have Colorado jumping to one. Uh, I've, I've sung praises about this team past episode, so I'm not going to sing these praises and have them stay at two or drop down. I can't. Uh, St. Louis, I mean, they're, they're the defending Stanley Cup champions, and they're always getting a healthy Vladimir Tarasenko back. I just don't see them dropping. But playing the Avalanche, I really don't see them rising either. So I don't see them dropping, just like dropping any lower than two. Uh, three, I have Vegas. It's kind of a process of elimination, in my opinion. Vegas has a lot of work to do, I think, in my opinion, Darren, but for how long? Uh, Dallas. And, again, process of elimination. For me, I'm agreement with you. I have the Avs at number one. I think they're going to be crazy in the round robins. They're really going to prove their worth that they're a top team. Uh, I just feel like there's going to be some shakeup in either the East or the West. It could be either both. It could be just one conference. But I have Vegas jumping up to two. They are yeah. so underrated. They're fast. They play the puck well. They're a really good team. 
I just I feel like it's going to be shaken up a little bit, and I feel like St. Louis they're kind of already looking at it, saying like we won last year, so we kind of know what it takes. It doesn't matter where we're placed, we're going to be good. So I feel like Vegas is going to take it, take this opportunity and run away with it. So I have them at two, St. Louis at three, and Dallas at four. So that was our reseeded round robins on the around the league around the around the league segment. So here we go. We're going to start in the East, start with the five seed, the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the number 12 Montreal Canadiens. So obviously there are its best out of five. So just so you guys know, so how it's going to work is we're going to give our pick, our reason why, and one player, or maybe you could have two, all depends on the team, who you think is going to be the best player in the series. So Caden, five versus 12, who do you have? I have the Penguins sweeping the Montreal Canadiens. Penguins winning in three. And I was up and down about the player. Uh, I was going to say Crosby, but then you say Crosby, it's kind of like a generic answer. I was going to say Malkin, but it was kind of a generic answer. I'm going with Jake Getzel. Okay. I, I think that he, him coming back, from his injury, he didn't realize I was out for a, a long time. I was out. I was projected to be out for the rest of the season. And even if we made the playoffs, I was going to be out, I think, for the, all the playoffs as well. I, I think Getzel wants to prove himself again. I think he's ready to prove himself. Why? It's the Penguins, and they're playing the Montreal Canadiens. Like, the Canadiens are just really, like, not a team, in my opinion, that – if the season finished out, they would even be close to the playoffs. Oh, no, no. And that's a known the, fact. And the, <laughs> and, the, and the Penguins were just already a playoff team. Penguins are born and bred ready. They've been in the playoffs almost every single year. And the Canadians haven't seen the playoffs, I think, since the, since the Rangers actually knocked them out. And I think the 2016-17 season. Uh, it was – this was the easiest one for me, in my opinion. So, repeat, who do you have winning – I have the Penguins sweeping Montreal so, Canadiens. Caden has Pittsburgh sweeping. I'm I'm with him on that one. I have Pittsburgh winning, but in four games. I to be I don't think I even have a sweep on my picks. I just want to play it safe because I I just feel like there are going to be teams that are going to steal a game, and I think there could be a game where Montreal steals at least one. So I'll give them that credit there. So. I have Pittsburgh winning in four games. Reason why, they're just the overall better team. They have been there, done that. Sidney Crosby, uh, Malkin, Matt Murray, again, like Washington, one of the best teams to have this pause because it gets a refresh, ready to go. And they are easily a sleeper pick going forward in the playoffs. So I agree. I have Pittsburgh winning just in four games. And the player that performs, I've been talking about him a lot. His name is Jason Zucker. I think he's going to play a big role in these playoffs. And now that you move Gensel back up to the first line, you can move Zucker on the second line with with Malkin and a Hornquist. So that's a deadly line right there. So I think all in all, Pittsburgh wins a series of four, and Jason Zucker outperforms everyone on Pittsburgh. So we're in agreement there. We are in agreement with Pittsburgh winning this series and moving on. So now this is where it gets interesting. The next game that's going to kick it off, the qualifying round on Saturday, the sixth seed Carolina Hurricanes versus the 11th seed 
of Caden's favorite team, the New York Rangers. Caden, who are you winning? I think we all know who you have winning, but why and who is your uh, player in performance? I just want to say that if you watched yesterday, I know you did, and I did definitely. It was the first Rangers game in seven, eight hundred thousand years. Uh, they did not look motivated at all. They just it and and I know that a lot of teams are going to give that um that cheap little excuse. It's an exhibition game, and yeah, but no, you looked like you were lethargic. You looked like you were dead out there. The only real players that performed. In my opinion, Capo Caco, I had him as my disappointment player from the New York Rangers, and he just looked like he had so much confidence playing. playing. He shot. He didn't wait. The puck came to him on a couple of one-timers, let it go. He took shots when he could take them. He looked so confident out there. Adam Fox, I mean, he's your best defenseman. Igor looks, uh, Igor looked amazing as well. Those three looked really good, in my opinion. Uh, but yes, I do have the Rangers. Uh, I have the Rangers winning in four in this one. I think that Carolina could uh, steal a game for the Rangers, and and like we mentioned that, um, while the Hurricanes are the lowest or the higher seed, it feels like if they win, they're upsetting the Rangers. And I still agree. I think the Rangers will beat them, even though they look lethargic and it looked like they were dead. I think they'll still beat them. Uh, I have Artemi Panarin, who is not only the Rangers MVP, voted team MVP, but he is also uh, a candidate for the Hart Trophy, and he's a candidate for the Ted Lindsay. So I think uh, that he's going to just, again, come out of nowhere. Or no, not come out of nowhere. He's just going to stay where he's at and, again, outperform everybody in the Rangers. Him, and I think Nick is a band shot. So, Caden has his Rangers winning in four games. So, Caden said earlier to begin the show, we talked about how we had series. We were literally going back and forth trying to pick a winner. And that was literally me today, just sitting down, thinking some things out. And I just going this, – this game, this series – had me going back and forth one time at one hour I had the Hurricanes winning and then the other hour I had the Rangers winning like so here's a couple of things that I came up with that a lot of people a lot of Rangers fans I said it myself but now kind of want to just step back just a little bit we all talked about how the Rangers were Owen were the excuse me the Hurricanes were Owen four against the Rangers this year um and I looked I looked a couple things up and I found out that the Hurricanes last year were 0-4 against Washington. And then what happened in the playoffs? They, they won in Game 7. So for a lot of people that are putting a lot of stock into the Rangers being 4-0 against the Hurricanes, I think you can kind of put that in the back burner now because a couple of things, one, the season was halted, and just a lot of these teams are just starting to finally get into the groove of things. So I think what happened a couple months ago doesn't really say or show what's going to happen in this series. So I, I wouldn't put too much stock in the Rangers sweeping the Hurricanes this year. Um, so with that, I have the Rangers winning in five games. I think this series is going to be one of the best ones we have in the qualifying round. I would have gone Carolina if Dougie Hamilton was healthy because I think if he's healthy, he's a big-time piece of what the Hurricanes are trying to do, and they arguably would have had the best defense core in the playoffs. Not even a question. But with him being out, 
I'm nervous for the Hurricanes because there's a mini drop-off after Dougie Hamilton. Yes, Brady Shea's pretty good, and all the other guys on the blue line are good, but they're not Dougie Hamilton-esque. So with that big loss, again, we were all talking about a couple months ago how this this is great for Carolina because Dougie Hamilton's coming back, and that's going to give them a big boost of confidence, and now he's hurt again. So with Dougie Hamilton out, I have the Rangers winning in a full game series in five games beating the Hurricanes. And my top performers, I have two guys, but mine are a little bit different. I'm starting with Igor. He's going to have to play great, great in this series to take advantage and win this series. Because if you watched the game last night and you've watched, you watched the team throughout, the, throughout, the, throughout this year, they do not control the puck well. But, yes, they do score, but sometimes there's nights where they just look flat. And they're going to need Igor to be on his head and be a top-tier goaltender in the playoffs because that's the only way you're going to go far in the playoffs. And then for a forward, I want Chris Kreider. Healthy, ready to rejuvenate, ready to get going again. Uh, There's going to be a lot of pressure on Zibanejad and Panarin, so I think a lot of teams are going to look at them first. So then you look at those two, and you got Kreider just waiting in the wings there. So I'm going Kreider and Igor as my top performers for the Rangers. So Caden has them winning in four. I have them winning in five. Again, I would not be shocked if Carolina pulls the series out. I just wouldn't. But with Dougie Hamilton out, I'm nervous. So I'm going Rangers in five. So that's that series. Now we're going to go to the other New York team, the number seven Islanders going against the number 10 Florida Panthers. And I'll just say this again. This was another series where I went back and forth. So, Caden, who do you have winning and why? I have the Panthers winning. I have them beating the Islanders, but in five games, I this I see this one going a full series. I um, last night the Islanders looked fantastic, and if they start Varlamov, I well, I think they should start Varlamov. If you watched his performance yesterday against the Rangers, he stole the Islanders a game. And yeah, he played half and. Grice played half. Varlamov stole you that game. It could have easily gone into overtime. He he robbed Faust, uh, and he just was robbed Kako in a one time, or he was robbing everybody, or he was just making solid stops. But I think that uh, for the Islanders to win, it's going to be on Varlamov and it's going to be on Barzell. But no, I have the Panthers winning here, and I actually have them winning. Like I mentioned in five. Uh, top performance, I have two here. I have Alexander Barkov, like your captain, and one of the most underrated players in the league today. And Jonathan Huberto. They're, they're a great one-two tandem, a fantastic one-two tandem. And, again, he's kind of underrated being in Florida. So, so there you have it. Caden has Florida winning in five. I'm in agreement here. I have Florida in five as well. This was my first upset pick that I kept on going back and forth on. A couple of things. Number one, I hate betting against Barry Trotz and his teams. I just do because he always has his team ready. And ever since he's uh, been the coach of the New York Islanders, they've always been a great defensive team. So that's one thing that the Islanders have over Florida is that they are a very well-coached defensive-minded team. But when it comes to their offense, they struggle scoring. And they rely on a lot of guys like Anders Lee and Barzell. And when they don't score, they need some people to back them up. And sometimes they don't. Brock Nelson has been iffy. There's a lot of guys. Outside of those big three, they really don't have a lot of pieces that could keep up with Florida. But 
You can even it out. Florida doesn't have a great defense. It's only Ekblad and then the rest of the guys. They're just not that good. Thing that concerns me is Islanders have a top defense, but the Panthers are top five team on five on five play. And in the playoffs, you're going to need your offense to produce. And I think the Florida Panthers will do that. So I have Panthers winning in five. And my top performer, I'm in agreement with Kaden as well, Jonathan Huberto, is going to take the stage and really pull away with this in this series. I, again, I would not be shocked if the Islanders win this series because of their coach and the way he has them playing defense. But when push comes to su- when push comes to shove, I like Bobrovsky and Net over the Islanders, Barlamov. And at the end of the day, I just like the Panthers winning the series. It's going to be a close one because a great defensive team versus a great offensive team is just going to push comes to shove. Who's going to blink first? And I have Florida winning in five. So our final matchup in the East bracket is this one's. This one could be be another upset alert. Uh, this is number eight Toronto Maple Leafs going up against the number nine Columbus Blue Jackets. Caden, can they do it again? Yeah. And I have them doing it again. No way. I have the Blue Jackets doing it again. I have them winning in five here. Really? Talk to me. I, Talk I to have, me. <laughs> I have the Blue Jackets winning in five. Main reason is that I know personally don't bet against Tortorella. Do not bet against Tortorella. And you know that personally from experience last year. You guys were winning the first period. I think it was 3 nothing. Or something was, like that. It was 3-0 going into the third. And then whatever Tortorella said, whoever he shoved, whatever, wherever he shoved his foot, because it went up some players' asses, we know that. <laughs> we know that, and I think it went up Panarin's, and I think it went up Bobrovsky's, and I think it went up Jones. But wherever it went, they were a completely different team from the third period on to the end of that series. And you know that, and I know that. And you're sad about that. And I know you're still sad about that because it was a sweep. And that was the worst part. It was a sweep for the fourth wild card team. Now, this ranting puts me – this whole ranting is getting me off track. But I have the Blue Jackets winning here because, first of all, Tortorella is a fantastic coach. Always has been always will be till the day he retires. And I know you love Barry Trotz, and so do I. But Tortorella is one of the greatest coaches you can see in the Metro. I'm not, and I'm not going to even, I'm just saying the Metro. I'm not singing praises about David Quinn. He still has some work to do. I'll say that. Rod Brindamore has some work to do. The two best coaches in the entire Metropolitan Division is Barry Trotz and John Tortorella. They might even be the two best coaches in the Eastern Conference as a whole. And that's a little controversial. But another reason why I have the Blue Jackets winning here is because they're more of a well-rounded team. They have the goaltending that can do it. Their goaltending is never really that staggered. And if Merzelkin staggers, they have Corpusalo, and vice versa. If Corpusalo staggers, Merzelkin goes in. They're, they might not have the greatest team in the world but they're well-rounded all around. I mean, Jones. They have Jones. They have Wemberg, Dubinsky, Atkinson, Gustav Nyquist. They have a lot of good pieces. And I think – I don't think this is a sleeper pick, but I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Blue Jackets solely because they're playing the Maple Leafs. Solely. Like, yeah, the Maple Leafs have Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Morgan Riley. 
and Nick Robertson, who's actually making it to the team this year, which I'm actually happy about. But they, I think I think the Blue Jackets do it. I think they do it. I see them winning in five, and I, I think the two players – I think this is the first time I'm not going to go forward for the player who surprises me. I'm going Seth Jones, first of all. I think that he's easily one of the greatest defensemen we've seen in this game today. One of the greatest youngest defensemen as well. And I think he has – I don't know how old he is off the top of my head, but he's still got a good 10 years left in him. and. I can honestly see him finishing it out in Columbus. And the other team who, uh, the other players who I see doing it, I said players for a reason, is the goaltending. Whoever is in the net, is, is it Corpusalo or is it Rizalkins, I see them being a key factor in this. Because I've seen personally, and I've heard personally, that Freddie Anderson is just so inconsistent. He is. <laughs> so you like Columbus. Five. I like Columbus in this. Okay, my turn. I I wanted to pull the trigger. I really wanted to. I wanted to say Columbus, but I had I felt I need to go the safe route and go Toronto. I completely agree on what you said about a lot of people are sleeping on Columbus just because of everyone they lost on the offensive side, but that's basically my reasoning for why I have Toronto winning. Yes, Toronto is so top-heavy on their first two lines because after that, their depth is just not good enough. But I look at their offense, and I see just an overall better offense that can score goals, and I just don't see Columbus being able to catch up. And that's what the regular season numbers said. I know, obviously, I know I said that, like, you can look at the previous – numbers from this regular season before the pause, but the Columbus Blue Jackets just struggled to keep up with teams that would score four or more. And they and that makes sense because they lost they lost Panarin, they lost Duchesne, they lost Bobrovsky, they lost a lot of guys from the previous team that swept Tampa Bay last year. This is a chess match between stingy defense and a talented offense. And it's just who's gonna be able to play better than one Who's going to be able to play better? Uh, like I said in previous episodes, even last episode, when breaking down the series, Tortorella is going to play a one-man high. So then it it prevents a lot of it, – it stops a lot of the odd-man rushes that uh, Toronto is going to try to be able to do. Uh, and this, this series just has the Tampa Bay 2.0-esque to it just because Toronto is – basically the same team as Tampa Bay, the way they, the style of play they play, but they're far off from talent wise. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Bolts fan. I'm just saying because Tampa Bay overall has better depth, better forwards, better everything. But the way they play is that is basically similar. So with their defense going up against this offense, if they can shut the big four down, they could easily win the series, but I think they're going to run out of time. And I think Toronto's going to win for, uh, my top performer, I'm going John Tavares. I think this is finally his time to prove his worth in Toronto. Uh, they're playing at home in their own arena, so maybe that will help just a little bit. Obviously, it's not a big-time home ice advantage, but you know the locker room. You know your surroundings. You know everything. At least you're sleeping in your home city. So 
I guess that could be a little bit of an advantage, but obviously they're all in the same bubble, so that doesn't really mean anything. But they know their surroundings. They've played here before. So I think this is finally the time that Tavares really takes that next step and becoming a really good uh, Maple Leaf, and he needs to prove it now. So I have him being a big performer in this series. Again, I wanted to pull the trigger, but I just couldn't. So I have Toronto and four beating Columbus. So that is our East bracket. Now it's time to go down to the West into Edmonton, where the that's where the West bubble is, where the Edmonton Oilers play. So they're all in a bubble in Edmonton. So speaking of Edmonton, they're the first team in the West. They're the number five going up against the number 12 Chicago Blackhawks. Do you have another upset? <laughs> uh, no, I do have an upset in the West bracket, but we'll get to that. But um, I just want to point this out that how embarrassing would it be that if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Edmonton Oilers and you lose so early on, because this is literally your home ice, and then you lose so early. Again, there's no fans, so it really doesn't matter. I know, but, yeah. Like, but, but, like, you're the host. You're both the hosts. Like, like, like that'd be kind of embarrassing. In my uh, No, I don't see an upset here. I, I don't. It's, I think that the Oilers are just a well-rounded they're more, again, they're kind of like a top-heavy team, but uh, later... They're a very top-heavy team. Yes, but they have been getting some good depth. Andres, FSU, uh, Tyler Ennis, Jari Kukia. They have some good depth down the line. I have the Oilers. I think this game, this series will go the distance, though. I think the Blackhawks will push... We'll push and we'll push, but I think the Oilers just come out on top and they'll win in five. Uh, key performers, I mean, it's kind of like the same thing saying with uh, uh, the Penguins and Crosby, but this one you can't bet again. So I have Connor McDavid. I have him as my top guy. If I had to pick a second, I'm kind of going to go with whoever's in net. I think it's going to be Koskinen. I think that I think they're going to give it to Koskinen. And I think that Costner needs to definitely shut down Taze, Kane, Debrinkman, Strong. Those top four. And All right. And this, again, this series is just one of those other ones I chalk up and say, I really don't know. So, <laughs> I really broke down this series to a fine powder, as I like to say. I broke this one down piece to piece. So a lot of people look at this year, they look at Leon Dreisaitl, and they look at Connor McDavid. Absolutely, they had a historic year. But outside of them, who are you going to get production from? I don't know. <laughs> Do you see Ryan Nugent Hopkins doing anything? Maybe. But what is he going to give you? I don't know. They're top they're, – they're not even top 10 on five-on-five five stats. They were 21st, and Chicago was 26th. So Chicago is not that far off. Uh, this series, for me, seems a little closer than many people think. Uh, everyone says Chicago has a goalie issue because Corey Crawford's been unfit to play. Plus, everyone thinks he needs to take that, like, that crazy run to really, like, bring them back on a run. Uh, Edmonton has the same issues, too. Who says their goaltenders are going to lead them far? And outside of Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, I really don't know what I'm getting from. And Mike Smith, they both, Mike Smith and uh, the other goaltender, they both split games left and right this year. Like, it was never a consistent starter that they had. They kept on going to one man or the other. So that's a little concerning to me. Uh, both teams have issues on defense. Uh, 
Connor Murphy, he's a good he's a good guy, but he's not really a lockdown guy. Duncan Keith, he's he's old, but he can still give you production, but he's not gonna do much. Uh Larson for Edmonton, what he's a good player, but is he a guy you can rely on? I don't know. So there's a lot, there's plenty of question marks to go around on both teams, on both sides. That's really gonna make it important to see who plays better on the five on five. With that said. I couldn't bet against Connor McDavid. I have been winning in five. <laughs> I really, I, I really want to go Chicago here. I really did because they would have been my big upset pick. But at the end of the day, I think Connor McDavid, he's on the Oilers, I think will be too much for the Blackhawks. So I'm going, I'm with, I'm with you. I think it goes the distance. I have the Oilers winning in five. Uh, top player, Connor McDavid, just because he's Connor McDavid. And if Blackhawks win, I wouldn't be shocked, to be honest with you. I wouldn't. But at the end of the day, Connor McDavid and the Oilers will get this done and be Chicago in five. So that's that series. Now we're going to the number six, Nashville Predators, going up against the number 11 seed, Arizona Coyotes. So this is the one. This is the series that I'm very excited to watch. Out of the range, obviously, and out of the get, obviously. This is the series that I have been keeping a close eye on the whole year. Uh, one reason is the Coyotes having a really, really good start of the year. Having a big resurgence, having Darcy Kemper play fantastic, and having Antiranta play fantastic. And out of that, having Bill Kessel in his first year be amazing. Have Oliver Ekman-Larsen continue production being amazing. Have Jacob Chitrin start making that next leap. Also having players like uh, acquiring players like Taylor Hall or having players like Derek Stepan. Like you, they, have the, they have a really good team. And there's the Nashville Predators. And Nashville, everybody knows how good Nashville is. I mean, Philip Forsberg, just signed Matthew Shane, Ryan Ellis, Matthias Ekholm, Roman Yossi, Dante Pablo. Probably the best defense in the league. Pecorine, obviously the biggest name for the goaltenders, and then backed up by Yusei Saros, who could have a interesting. We could have an interesting choice at goaltenders. I know you've been talking about that to me about about they can go interesting with the goaltenders. And having players also back in, Yannick Miller, uh, I think Steven Santini, another player. And having like Ryan Johansson as another person. It, it's just all over the place for this team. Nashville is so good. But after looking at it, more and more, and more, I just keep looking at it. I pulled the trigger. I have the Coyotes beating the Nashville Predators. This is my big upset. I have them winning in four. Four. I just, I had, I. You, you know it's better than I do. That that Nashville was definitely struggling. They were definitely struggling, and the Coyotes were also struggling to end the year. But I just think that. I just think that they, they pull it out. I think that with the experience with Bill Kessel and the want 
the want to go far. And his first, I think this is his first big run, Oliver Ekman Larson. And the want in this big run and Derek Stepan after being with the Rangers for so long and seeing the playoffs so much. Him and Kessel know about how, how, what it takes to be in this playoffs and what it takes to go far. I just don't really see that with Nashville. And I know that's weird to say because you do have really good players in Forsberg and Duchesne and Johansson, and you did just go to the Stanley Cup final not too long ago. I think it was three years ago you just went to the Stanley Cup final. Yep. Two years ago, actually. Two years ago, actually. But, I mean, I, I, I just don't see it in them. I really don't see it in them. I know they made a coaching change halfway through the season, and they brought in head, Devils head coach John Hines, and he had some good games, but I don't see Nashville doing it. I have Coyotes running in four. My big performer is Phil Kessel. I yeah. think that <laughs> – I mean, I mean, he's he has seen playoffs. He's seen playoffs in Toronto, and he's felt heartbreaks in Toronto. And then he's, he's, he's literally felt the highest of highs of winning the Stanley Cup twice in a row. Phil Kessel is a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Let's have – let's never forget that. Never forget that. Phil Kessel is a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He knows what it takes. He's felt the highest of highs. And he's felt the lowest of lows. Losing in game seven on a choke job to Boston. He's felt both of them. And I don't think this will be a lowest of lows for him. But I think that he's just going to take the team, kind of put him on his back and say, okay, this is what it takes to get farther in the playoffs. Let's do that. Let's win. So, Caden's going Arizona in four. I'm going the opposite. I'm going Predators in five games. And a couple things. Number one, for their success, it comes down to Philip Forsberg coming back to the Philip Forsberg that we all know of, guy that can score the puck, pass the puck, really just make offense out of nothing. And Matt Duchesne, he's going to be their second-line center with a Granlin and Turris on his left and his right. And they, they had – Forsberg was hurt for most of the year, so I just want to see that improvement from him if he can take that next step and just get back to his old self. But Matt Duchesne's really got to play a pivotal role here. We, they signed you to a seven-year, $56 million deal for this moment and this moment only. So they, they need him to step up, and he had chemistry with Kyle Turris and Mikel Granlin, so I can see why they're going to keep him on the second line with those two guys. But staying on the second line, they need Kyle Turris to take the next step because he, this is definitely his last run with Nashville. They have a cap crunch as well at the end of the year. And out of everything, they're going to cut bait with him. They're going to buy him out and just release him into the free agency pool. So he's normally a setterman, but they're having him playing uh, left wing and right wing. It all kind of depends on who they're playing. But uh, if they can get Kyle Turris really going, that just completes that second line with Duchesne and Granlin. And they, that, they need that second line to really produce. They for Arizona, they need Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel to really lead this team, Arizona. They need them to lead the team. And I just I think there's too many pieces on Nashville that can stop those two guys. I look at Nashville's lines, I see a deeper team than Arizona. I just look at the defense as a whole, Nashville's far and above the better defensive team. So when I put all that together, I look at Nashville winning in five. I'll say this, and I'll, I said this on the last show and the previous show before my one-man show episode last week. Um, I would start Soros and Net. I understand that Pecorine is going to be a Hall of Famer down the road, but I would start Soros, but I'd only start him 
and have a short leash because Soros, he is a backup right now, but a lot of people are saying he could project as right now, currently, the consistency plan once Rene retires. But I've liked what I've seen. I like the videos that I've seen at training camp. I've, I liked what I saw from him today playing, playing against the Dallas Stars. So I'd start him, but just keep it on a short leash because, yes, you do have Pecorine waiting in the wings just in case if something goes bad. So I go Nashville in five. Top player, though, is Victor Arvidsson. I said this on the one-man show episode last week. I'll say it here with Caden here now. Victor Arvidsson is the Boston Bruins version of Brad Marchand. He does not have the antics that Marchand has, but he plays. They both play a similar game. Feisty go in front of the net, get the puck, and just try to get it past the goaltender. He'll go up against guys that are taller than him. He doesn't care. He's just He just goes for the puck and does what he wants with it. He is a goal scorer. He's physical for his size, and he's the perfect guy in the first line to go along with Ryan Johansson and Philip Forsberg on the first line. I think he's going to have a breakout party. He was hurt during the year, so they never really had the full 100% Victor Arvidsson. But if he's 100% going into this series, which he is, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous first line. If they can get back to what they've been doing in the past, they're a dangerous out. So I have Nashville winning in five against Arizona. Caden has Arizona winning in four. So now we have two matchups left. We have the number seven Vancouver Canucks going up against the number 10 Minnesota Wild. Caden, speak to me. Vancouver. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I know that you mentioned last week in the one-man show that you want to kind of apologize for saying that Minnesota has absolutely no chance. They have a chance. I have, I have Minnesota actually pushing uh, five games. I had them actually pushing five games against the Canucks, but I think the Canucks are just too, too well-rounded. I think the Canucks are too good. I think the Canucks will pull this one out and win. I, I mean, they just were fantastic this year. And you know better than anybody that my they're kind of a backup for me when it comes to who's going to go far this year. But it's got to be uh, Vancouver in this one. I think that JT Miller is my go-to for who's going to perform. I think that Miller is an interesting case in Vancouver. Again, He's performed so well everywhere that he's played. Everywhere that he's played. I mean, the Rangers, he's amazing. Tampa Bay, he's amazing. And then he comes to Vancouver and does that. That's amazing. I don't see anybody else, maybe besides Elias Pettersson, who can perform in this run. I think this is Miller saying, hey, Vancouver, I'm here to stay. Better love me because I'm not I, the way I'm performing this perform this year. This year, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So he has Vancouver. How, how many games did you say? Five. I said five. Five. So yeah, he has Vancouver going in five. I have Vancouver winning as well, but winning in four. Uh, yeah, I did say last year. I do apologize for saying that. Like Minnesota has no chance because if you do look at it, Vancouver is so young. They are so young. They're relying on a lot of kids to really produce for them. But at the end of the day, I think the young guns of Vancouver will get it done. But I think 
we both can kind of agree. Both teams did have kind of like average seasons. Like Vancouver was hot to begin the year, but then they kind of they kind of came back down to earth a little bit, but they were still a good team. But uh, Vancouver, they're young. That's that's my only that's my only like downside to them is they're young and Minnesota's more has more veterans. They have a lot of guys that have playoff experience, so you could go in that advantage there with Minnesota. But I just think with the situation that everyone's in, I think you need a younger team to be better and have a. I think the younger teams are going to have a slight bigger advantage just because their bodies can recuperate better and they can really get their legs under under them faster than some other veteran teams. And when I look at Minnesota, they're a veteran team that may struggle out of the gate just a little bit because they're a little bit on the older side. But I have Vancouver winning in four. But Minnesota could easily win this series if they just play the type the brand of hockey that they do. Just hard-hitting, hard-nosed hockey, and just beat them out of the arena. But I don't see that happening. I think Vancouver will have an answer for them. I have them winning in four. Top performer, I think Bo Horvat's going to have a breakout. He's not talked much about when it comes to Vancouver. Everyone thinks about the other guys and JT Miller and uh, Pedersen, Elias Pedersen, but I think this and Brock Besser. But I think Bo Horvat's really going to have that breakout and really prove that he's a good player on this team and that he can carry the load for Vancouver. And I think that's fair just because I think if you're going to rely on Pedersen and JT Miller and Brock Besser, I think that's kind of unfair because it's a it's going to take everyone on this team. And I think Bo Horvat's going to prove that he's a good player and that he can really carry this team to a deep run. So Vancouver in four and Caden had them in five. So our last series is is Calgary, the number eight seed Calgary versus the number nine Winnipeg Jets. These teams are familiar with each other, but obviously they are not playing in the respective arenas, no crowds. So can't really say that they're going to build off of this rivalry just because there's no fans. But I think I know where Caden's going with this one, but Caden, who are you going with and why? I was so torn with this series. Me too. This this one was like I – I, I have it crossed off five times. I think I went back and forth. <laughs> I, I, if I go back into my notes and you can check my erasings, I have put Vancouver, I have put Winnipeg, no Calgary, no Winnipeg, no Calgary, no Winnipeg, no Calgary. But in the end, I'm going Winnipeg. Uh, this team, I just, I love this team. And I, I again, I sing praises about a lot of players, a lot of teams, but I, uh, have I sing praises about this team? They have such good depth, and they have such they have a weak defense. But what they lack in defense, they make up in goaltending. Connor Hellebuck is a stud. Hellebuck is a stud. But I just don't see Winnipeg losing this series. I, I don't know why. I just don't. And it's not because I consider myself a Jets fan, but I just don't see them losing this series. I have them winning in five. I think that Calgary will push the series to the edge. Uh, but my performers are Kyle Connor. I know it's plain and boring, but it's Kyle Connor. I have three this one, actually. This is a little interesting. I have Kyle Connor because, obviously, he was your best player this whole season. Uh, Patrick Line, I think he really needs to have a big step up. I think that Line needs to really just perform he he really didn't uh perform as well as many hopes this season 
they kind of expect him to be like the biggest, the, the, the leading point scorer on the Jets this season. And after that, Connor Hellebuck. I mean, the, the guy's a stud. He, he's the greatest American-born goalie that we have seen in a long time. I have nothing else to say. I rest my case. Uh, I just, I want to go Calgary. I really do. Because the Winnipeg Jets were awful this year. There's no way around it. I'm sorry. Winnipeg was just, they were horrible. Their, their, their defense is the worst defense in the whole qualifying round. You can name me all the teams in the qualifying round. I could argue they're all better than, every team's better than Winnipeg's defense. Uh, they got Neil Pionk in the trade for Jacob Truba from New York in a first-round pick. And Pionk's biggest thing, his biggest uh was that he just couldn't control the puck. He he always has puck issues, and it proved that case pointed in Winnipeg as well. He still has trouble getting the puck and really doing anything with it. Their decor in a hole just hasn't been great. The Jets probably have a, have a really top, a deep top six, but outside of that, what production are you going to get? I'm nervous that they're going to rely on Connor Hellebuck too much like they did during the regular season. And that could put a a lot of pressure on Hellebuck to really perform. And then if he doesn't play well in one game, then that could really have the Jets have a downfall in the qualifying round. But in the end, I just, I looked, like you said, I looked at the goaltending and I just saw Connor Hellebuck there. And I think he's going to save the Jets. But I would not bet a lot of money for the Jets to go deep into this playoffs be just because I, I don't know what I'm getting from them. I, I just don't. Connor Hellebuck saved the Winnipeg, saved Winnipeg this year. And if there wasn't no corona, no nothing, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs. But I need to see Patrick Line, Blake Wheeler, and Kyle Connor really, really get out of the gate strong. Because people, I'm telling you, people are sleeping on Calgary. I think Calgary could easily win this series in four. But I look at the goaltending, and at the end of the day, I give the advantage to Winnipeg. And I'll go Winnipeg in five games. But, again, Calgary can easily, easily win this series. But I have Hellebuck as my top performer, and I have Winnipeg in there it is. There it is. There is our picks. So that's the qualifying round. That begins Saturday, Caden. So final thoughts, Caden. Final thoughts on the qualifying round this weekend. Your thoughts, anything that you want to get out before we wrap up. To quote the great Stephen A. Smith. I'm nervous, Max. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous, but I'm excited. It's back. Not considering the exhibition games, because those are like preseason. It's back. We have real hockey. Like, not hockey we play in our driveway, or not hockey we play on the video game. We have actual hockey we can watch on the TV. And it feels so good to say that. And you never know. And the biggest thing is you never know. You love something until it's gone. I never realized how much I loved hockey until it's actually gone. My God, I'm so happy it's back. I got to ask you, though, before we wrap up, what is Caden's go-to snack? 
for these games because 12 to 10 30 we got games so 12 to 10 30 i think for uh for like a dinner i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with pizza i'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with pizza but i think i'd go to snack some doritos okay some doritos so, uh you know you know my orange gatorade yeah and then uh probably some like water probably some water like i said i have a day with my couch this weekend on saturday and sunday all sports are going to be back this Saturday. The NBA started back up tonight. Tonight's uh, Thursday, Thursday, July 30th. So basketball starts tonight. Baseball slowly getting there with all the COVID stuff, but that's kind of stopped some things in MLB. But all in all, sports are back. It's great to have them back. It feels like it's been 10 plus years that we've hadn't had sports. But before we go, you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore oh. odd man rush. Wait, can well, I, have one more? I have one question for you, Jared. Yeah. I know, I know that we both have our, our big jersey collections mm-hmm. starting up. Who is, who, 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 are, who yeah, are you going to keep them all together, or are you just going to wear one and just switch in your room? Like the, uh, I'm going to go easy Stamkos, Stamkos for Tampa, Bergeron for Boston, Yossi for Nashville. So I'll be altering every jersey here on out. <laughs> I'll be <but laughs> altering. I have one for four. I have four, I have four teams. Four. Uh, so I'm starting with, I'm starting with the Binajad. Starting with the dinner chat, then I'm gonna wait a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna go Cody Glass for Vegas. I'm gonna go Patrick Line. Those nice Winnipeg alternates, by the way. Those <laughs> alternates just heat condition. <laughs> and my Matt Zuccarello jersey for even though I'm supporting Vancouver, I only have a wild jersey, so I have to go. I have to go that one. Yeah, but Zook, your guy that you love in New York. Zook's my guy. I love Zook. I love Zook. I had him pinned as. Rangers captain at one time. So again, follow us on Twitter at the underscore odd man rush. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared M24 underscore. And you can follow Caden at Belint underscore Caden on Twitter. Uh, before we go, how the next episode's gonna work, I have no idea, to be honest with you. We're gonna kind of wait and see how these series go. We may do a couple of episodes where if there's a series that ends, we'll do a quick like 30-minute show to break down the series of how the team that won, the team that lost. We're still trying to figure things out, but again, we were so happy that we could finally unveil our bracket to you. And just stay tuned because definitely we'll definitely gonna have a full bracket uh, unveiling show as well. Who's gonna be our raising the Corona cup at the end of the year. So that's going to be a show to keep an eye on as well. So we will update you guys on social media about how our shows are going to go, because honestly, we just don't know how this is going to go. The actual playoffs don't start till August 11th. So we do have some wiggle room. So we may not have an episode next week. I don't know. We'll find out, but we'll figure it out as long as we go. So for Keenan Bullen, I'm Jared McCabe. Hockey is back. I've been saying it for the past three weeks. I can officially say it's back because we saw the guys take the ice. So for Keenan, I'm Jeremy. Stay, stay healthy. Hockey baby this weekend. It's back. We'll talk to you soon. I don't know when, but we'll talk to you. Peace out, everybody. We're signing off. <laughs>